to buck about some baseball. This is the Buck About It podcast with Brooke Rimsley and Cardinal Spanish language broadcaster Paulo Asensio on 101 ESPN. We're not bucking around. Hey everyone, welcome to Balk About It. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Polo Asensio. Polo, the Cardinal Spanish broadcaster. Thank you guys so much for watching our first inaugural and episodes. Girls. And girls. Yes, boys and girls yes. for watching our first inaugural episode. It was a lot of fun. I think that that episode, I saw that as more as people getting to know us. And we discovered a lot. A lot being that you are like an onion. Yes. And I don't know what I am, but I, I'm just there. No, you're not just there. You're not there. You're you're everywhere. You're here. You're there. You're everywhere. <laughs> like you a ghost. Be, like a ghost. <laughs> Remember that movie, Ghost? That was a good movie. A good if movie. you don't know which movie I'm talking about, Google it. Go back to 1993 or whatever. It's a good movie. Favorite movie of all time. Gladiator. Gladiator. Hands down, Gladiator. That was very quick. I can't say that that's one that I is a, in a lot of people's top. I will get my revenge Why? in this life or the next. Okay. Okay. Maximus. My favorite movie of all time would probably be The Notebook. Is that like a cheesy female thing to say? Wow. Okay. I, I'm getting I'm getting the head nod. Yes, but I just think it's it's such a no, no, sweet no, no. story. Hey, hey, that, that's that's what you like. That's what I like. See, my number one, Gladiator. Okay. My number two, Tombstone. Tombstone is a good one too. Okay. You know, tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Ah, darling, look, darling, I hate him. He reminds me. Of, look, darling. He reminds me of me. I think I hate him. I really hate him. Something like that. Okay. Johnny Depp, if you don't know, that's one of the best scenes ever. If you have you seen Tombstone? When they're in the on the on the uh the, the casino. It's been a while. And Wyatt Earp is there. And yeah. the, the bad guys are there. Johnny and the other guy. And look, look, honey, it's Johnny. Johnny Ringo. And then John Ringo gets his gun out and wah, 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 wah. And then Doc Holliday, uh uh Johnny no Johnny Depp? No, it's not Johnny Depp. It's the other guy. You're asking the wrong person because I don't know, obviously, oh my off the God. top yeah, of my head. Yeah, it is Johnny Depp. It is Johnny Depp. Um, yeah, Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, he grabs his little cup and he just goes like, ch -ch 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 -ch. it's a great scene. Seriously. Mm. Gladiator, okay. Tombstone. And then for good old warm feelings sake, The Sandlot. The Sandlot I really like. I really, That's really like. Movie. I really love because what reminds me of my Sandlot, of my friends, and at the end, what happens, not with Johnny, I mean, uh, Benny, the yeah. Jet Rodriguez, but Smalls, he becomes a broadcaster. Hmm. So he was not the best on the field, but at the end, he worked hard, he got it, he was a broadcaster. So, hey. And he wins being a broadcaster. We know how much money they make. Lots of money. Okay, next. So that's as, that's as how you win. <laughs> as much money as I'm making right now. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're just rolling in the dough uh, right now, if you guys don't know. So as you get to know us a little bit more, I think that we played this game last time, but we're going to play it again. Two truths and a lie. Okay. So now, as people and people have learned, you know the rules now with two truths and a lie. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and start us off. Okay. So two real ones, one Lies. And I'm very afraid because you also made up a lie about running over a puppy. So that was a starting point this, for you this last time, time. This time I might kill the cat. Um, Please don't. No. It took me five years to graduate from high school. It took me five years to graduate from high school. That's number one. Number two. Um, hmm. Let's see. At age 10, I used to work 
selling food at junkyards in Tijuana, Mexico. At age 10, I will go around and sell food at junkyards in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. Uh, once I threw the first pitch before a game at Dodger Stadium. That's similar to the one that you had last time. I'm going to say that you've thrown the first pitch, that that's the truth. That's a lie. Or a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie? Yeah, I've never done that at Dodger Stadium. I've done it at a few other uh, stadiums, including Bush Stadium in my hometown, in my hometown in Tijuana, Mexico. But I've never done it at Dodger Stadium. So are, that's are you trying lie. to speak this into the universe where you no. manifest it? No, no, no. I'm not manifesting it. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're Padres fans. So. <laughs> that got me a little a little heat from my oh, brother. No. I'm not a I'm, you know what? I'm a baseball fan. Now okay. I'm a baseball fan. Not a Padre fan, not a Yankee, not a, not I'm just a baseball fan. I think I'll have to play that back because I'm pretty sure you said Padres fan, but uh, well. when I when I was a little kid. But anyway, so five years high school, truth. Took me five years, but I, okay. I, I got it at the end. Then the other one, when I was a little kid, you know, when my mom used to make food to sell at schools, whatever was left over, uh, I used to grab the the big old basket, la bandeja, la canasta, and I would go and, and sell it to the young yards uh, around the house. So that happened, but I've never done a first pitch at Dodger Stadium yet. Did you also try to upsell people too, so that maybe you could pocket a little extra cash? No, no, no. I, I was not uh, jaded back then. Okay. Nowadays, okay. That's, <laughs> now you yeah. now you see like okay maybe I should charge like a little yeah, extra. Nowadays so that- I would. Nowadays I would. But uh, but yeah. So that that's me. Okay. Now, uh, Two truths and a lie for mm-hmm. me. Okay. So I hate pineapple on pizza. I hope that's a lie. I'm afraid of escalators. Like. Yeah, escalators. Okay. Okay. I hate dogs. Oh, I know you like dogs because you have a dog. That doesn't mean that you like dogs. How can you like something and have it not like something and have it at home? I mean, I do know a lot of married people that don't like the other. You people. haven't met Stevie yet, so I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't realize that. That is the lie. I do. I do love my doggy. My yeah. doggy Stevie Nicks is her name. Stevie Nicks. She she's a beautiful soul, just like Stevie Nicks is. I love CB Nicks. I am deathly afraid of escalators. That's a fun fact about wow. me. Interesting. Yeah, my grandma, so when I was younger, I I was always nervous about the height of it. And then my grandma, to keep me from like messing around and touching things on the escalator, she said, well, there was this girl in Japan that got her head stuck in an escalator. <laughs> and ever since that moment, I was deathly, and I still to this day, Ugh. I kid you not, I start like sweating when I'm about to like get on an escalator because I'm so nervous and anxious about it. Um, and I do love pineapple on pizza. That's the best thing. That's uh, the team you pineapple right here. I, okay, I thought you said you didn't like it or you didn't. No, I thought oh, I said, okay. I hope that's a lie because I love pineapple. On pizza. I do too. So my favorite combo, I like Domino's pizza, the the thin crust. Hey, Domino's, want to sponsor us? Yes. Pineapple, jalapenos, and pepperoni. Okay, I, I go with pineapple, jalapenos, and Canadian bacon. Okay, that sounds good. You know really how they good. call Canadian bacon in Canada? What? Bacon. Next stop. It's just bacon <laughs> <laughs> or ham. And they say, "Hey, what about uh, what do they say? A boot? A boot? A boot that? <laughs> a, boot that. a boot that bacon?" I need to work on my accent, so. But uh, well, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for playing yes. the game. I know yes. you were a little hesitant, but you know, we said... need to know a little bit more about each other yes. and, and 
you know, the three people that listen to the podcast need to know a little bit more about it's this. It's a little bit more than three people. We're Four. we're getting up there, Paul. Well, I'm Mexican, gonna... so my family is like a hundred. So I well, not a lot. Even my mom listens, even though she doesn't understand a thing. Nice. I'm like, thank you, mom. Thank you for clicking. So <laughs> hi, Polo's mom. Yeah, I try to force my family. Is that what we all do in broadcasting? We just force our family members I don't force to them. They listen. Know they know I'm entertaining. Yeah, it's like they want to see the train wreck that uh, my next word is going to be. It's like it's like the Howard Stern movie, and I, you know, you know what? We're talking about a lot, a lot about movies. The Howard Stern movie, like, why do people listen to him? Because they want to hear what comes out next. And you never know what's going to come out you next. You never know. You never know. Luckily, I kept it clean, and I still have a job. So that's good. That's good. I think we have something to address now. Getting oh, into our segment already. Yes, we're starting out early with the elephant in the room today. So the elephant in the room is, you know, we're we're covering the St. Louis Cardinals. Things have been. What is a good word to describe the Cardinals this season, Polo? Interesting and dysfunctional. There we go. We've been saying kerfuffle on the opening drive <laughs> in the morning. Uh, on the mornings is that it's been a kerfuffle of a season, which if you look that up, it's just kind of hasn't gone well. It feels convoluted in a lot of ways. And the elephant in the room today is there's a report by MLB insider Bob Nightingale. The Cardinals have Bob. no plans to fire Ali Marmol in the 2023 season, though his job going into next season won't be secure if the team struggles continue throughout the rest of this year. Now, this is coming up because there has been a lot on social media and also just in media in general of you got to get rid of the manager. This has been a season, as we just said disastrous kerfuffle is another way to describe it uh, historically bad defensively offensively pitching wise it seems like nothing can click for the cardinals but in seeing this we just had flag day pass and typically you know what your team is by flag day right unless you're the phillies last year where you make some dramatic moves and you do get rid of the manager but typically you know what your team is is this just going to be the way that things are for the cardinals and do you think that as a society we're kind of too reactionary and where somehow the Cardinals see it's that all TikTok's fault. Is it all TikTok's TikTok fault? and the thing was before TikTok, the three second video, you remember those, the vines. Mm-hmm. We all we want instant gratification now. Yeah. Like we don't want to work. Like how do we make it big? How do I strike gold? Oh, do a lot of TikToks and get a good million of views and you get a lot of money. That's what we want, right? That's what we want everywhere. And with the Cardinals, it's the same thing. It's like we want to win. We want this team to be great. And and that's that's something that I love about about the situation. There's nothing to like about being in last place and not performing up to your potential. But then again, the word potential. Potential to what? To go up, to go down. That's potential why, means know, nothing if you're not it's like winning. Potential to go yeah. up or to go down. So let's not use it a lot. Um it, it's it's a. Uh, it's an interesting season. It's been an interesting season to see how this team was built to think that the uh, the after or the post Yadier Molina, because I'm not going to say Albert Pujols because he was gone. He came back for a year, great year, but he wasn't here for 20 years like Yadi. The post Yadier Molina era has started. Yeah. And um, a lot of people ask me, a lot of people ask, oh, maybe Yadi should be in the dugout doing something because those guys are afraid of him. It's not about being afraid. It's 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 not about not working hard because those guys work hard. Yes. I get early to the stadium and I see Jordan Walker, I see uh, Alec Burles, and I, was, I used to see Juan Yepes. Or when he when 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 Yepi is up, I see him working hard in the in the outfield. Uh, Nolan, you know those plays that you see that he makes, he works for those those plays. Uh, uh, Goldie hitting in the cage, hitting outside. Those guys 
work hard. It's just, it's not working out. And who is in charge of the team? The manager. Well, as a lot of people say, it's easier to fire one than to fire 26. Well, you can't fire the whole team no, either. I, would, I, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't fire him. I, 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 not only because I, I like him and I think he's a really nice guy, but then again, if we want uh, to win with nice guys, then you bring, you know, your teacher, your second grade teacher or somebody <laughs> that's nice. No, no, no. This is about winning. And, and, and uh, Ali gets it. He understands the assignment. He understands what he needs to do. And uh, a lot of people don't talk about this, and I, I, don't, I haven't heard it. Let's not forget that the coaching staff is pretty new. You know, we have Turner Ward. He was here for a couple of seasons, but this is the first time he is the main guy here, hitting-wise. Yeah. Then you have a new assistant coach. Then you have a new uh, hitting coach. You have a new bullpen coach. Let's not forget about that. Gertie, Brian Eversgers, was here for a few years. He was uh, Now he was moved to an assistant role or, or a consultant, something like that. I'm sorry, I, I don't remember exactly what. All those pieces are pretty new. You have Oliver Bramall, you have Stubby Clapp, and Pop Warner, and Willie McGee. Other yes. than that, almost everybody else is new. So you have the same chef, but a lot of new cooks, your food is going to taste a little different. Yeah. So I think it's taking a little longer to adjust to the philosophy for, for the new cooks, if you, you know, if I can keep saying that. But the chef is fine, and the chef has the ingredients to make a great paella. Now, let's hope those ingredients come together soon so we can have a lot of paella. Do you like paella? I do like paella. Paella is great. It's delicious. So hopefully Ali cooks a good paella by the end of the season. And that's the frustration and where it lies, too. And with fans, I think that they want something. They want somebody's head, right? When things are not going well, and this isn't just the Cardinals we, fans. We love to blame people for, we do. for our own mistakes. Yeah. And if you have a bad day, I have a bad day, who am I going to take it on? The manager of the team that I love and they're not performing. Yeah. You know, why not? Say, ah, oh, trade Nolan, trade Goldie, trade everybody. No, let's fire the manager. Okay, who's your manager? No, let's not fire the manager. Let's keep it together. Let's make some adjustments and let's get going. And also the Cardinals formula too. Say that things in the future, it doesn't seem like anything according to that report from Bob Nightingale is going to happen this season. But they, say in the future, next season, things continue to not work with Ali Marmol and this coaching staff. Maybe it's the Cardinals needing to change their philosophy because what is, what's in common with the past three managers, including Ollie, that they've had? Cardinal system, no managerial experience. Maybe if that formula is not working and it's something that is not conducive to the players where they're able to buy into what they're saying, then you have to start changing the formula and the philosophy of the way that you're approaching that position in that job. Because if a manager role doesn't matter, coaching staff role doesn't matter, then there's no reason for them to be there, right? Because then the players could just play, essentially. And at the end, players will play. Yes. Players will play. And um, this is something that I've noticed. Before this season, I looked at the roster. I'm like, you know what? This is a, this is a good roster. This is a, good, is a roster. good roster. I like it. But Minus then I, starting pitching then has I, been. <laughs> then I, I forgot that we're young, right? Yes. We're asking for Tommy Edmond, who's been in the big leagues, what, three, four years now? Brandon Donovan, basically a rookie. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're asking, I don't know, Jordan Walker to do uh, uh, veteran things. We're asking all those young guys to do something that they have not done, which is lead a team. Can they do it? Maybe they can, but it's really it's a really young 
roster. Yeah, next season, they're going to be older. And when, when I say young, I don't mean age-wise. Mm-hmm. Experience-wise. Experience, yes. Talent-wise. Like, you can have all those guys at different teams, and they're going to succeed. But do we need five or six role guys on the same team? That's when things get a little dicey for me. Yeah. Um, hopefully... Soon enough, we get we get our nine together or our eight together, and we keep going. And of course, you know, I, I'm not gonna compare one and the other, but when you have one of the greatest ever in any business retire, whoever comes next is gonna be the the outsiders are gonna look at him like, oh, he is the replacement. There's no replacing. And Wilson the, never said he no, was the replacement he either. Yeah, but fans did. Yeah. Other people did. Yeah. And that's what happens. Like it's it's when we get this idea inside our head and then we don't see it. It's not it's not me with the assumptions, with the with the projections, with the potential that I see. But for somebody who's looking from the outside, oh, is he he is, he is, he is, he's doing fine. You know, look at his numbers. He's not doing bad at all. He's hitting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he he went on a very dry, uh, tough, dry spell. But he's getting out. He's getting out. He's doing fine. I think he's doing fine. The starting rotation at the beginning of the season looked pretty solid with Michaelis, Montgomery, Flaherty. After yeah. that, you had Mats and Wainwright that we all know he's on his way out. So it wasn't as bad as the numbers say now. So, again, something needs to click. I hope um, it clicks fast. It needs to click fast. And, you know, the other thing that I hate to hear the central division, it's 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 not uh, one where a lot of winning teams are, to put it in a very decent way, and it's still there. It's still yeah. there for the taking. You know, even if you are the the last place in the central division, you're only eight, nine, seven games behind the first team, the first the first uh, first place team. When you look at at every other division in baseball, there's no other. Maybe the uh, central, the American, yeah, but the West and the East. Eight, nine games, they don't, they don't, you know, you're in third place and you're eight or nine games behind already in very tough divisions. Look at the West, look yeah. at both the West, look at the East. So, um, no, Ali's going nowhere. Let him work. And, you know, like Bob said, that I, I love him. I love Bob. At the end of the season, if things don't, don't go well, <clears throat> excuse me, then it will be time to, to reassess and maybe think about something. If Some fresh eyes well. if it's not working. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Because it's it's a situation where that was even tough for Ollie to come into. If you go back and think about that situation, the way that the Mike Schilt firing went, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Ollie, whoever it is coming in, that's a very tough position to come into after such a public firing, a confusing firing, and, where and, there was philosophical differences that, involved. I think he won manager of the year, and then he yes, was he did. third uh, the next year, and then next thing you know, He's gone. Seventeen like, game Whoa. run. Like, yeah, that, that was that was a shocker for a lot. It was. Of people, that's that's tough for anybody to come. All right. Into. Thank you, Elephant, for uh, making an appearance. Ollie, Oliphant? Is it the Oliphant? <laughs> the Oliphant. The Oliphant. <laughs> the Oliphant in the room. It, that's nothing against Ollie. It's just no. it works out name wise. Something else that is going on that kind of it feels like the stories continue for the Cardinals when it comes to bad PR situations. And this is a Mm -hmm. situation that just came up uh, recently. David Freeze declining joining the exclusive Red Jacket Club. So David Freeze won the fan vote when it came to joining the Cardinals Hall of Fame, but he recently declined the invitation saying, I feel strongly about my decision and understand how people might feel about this. I get it. I'll wear it. 
So now there will be no fan elected inductee at the Hall of Fame weekend that begins August 18th. Now, this got a lot of mixed reaction from fans because David Freeze is branded as the hometown hero. And everybody will never forget what he did in 2011. There's a reason why we still call it Freeze Landing, right? And everything that he brought to the Cardinals team. But he really said in his statement that he felt like he wasn't deserving of this honor in a lot of ways, but he is still going to move forward with the Cardinals. What is your take on it? Because I take on, and my take on it is that it was very, shows, I guess, a lot of humility and also how humble he is that he doesn't think that he's deserving of this honor. I think a lot of Cardinals fans would think that he's deserving of this honor because of what he was able to do, literally being the hometown hero. But I think it's just tough because of everything that's been happening in the season. It's like, great, something else going on for well, the Cardinals he, he at gets this it. point. Another one, they under, he understands the assignment. He knows what he did. He knows what he didn't do. Yeah, uh, I, I've seen him. I met him. Great guy. If you yes. you know you've talked to him everywhere you go, he's there, and, and he's always you know happy uh, to to say hi, to sign an autograph. He understands that. He understands that being in a Hall of Fame means more than just a moment. Yeah. means a lot more than just one really good offseason or, or postseason. He gets it. And he is popular with the fans, as we saw during the, the vote. Maybe it's time to, I mean, I, I believe that one of the requirements is play three seasons for the Cardinals. Maybe do it five seasons. Maybe do it six seasons. Because what if you bring somebody in for three seasons? He has great three seasons. But so then, he spent five seasons. I know. Yeah, but yeah. The requirements three seasons, right? Mm -hmm. To be that, that's what I'm saying. Like change it to a little more games. To to it means it means a little bit more to the to the player that was wearing the uniform. Yeah. And like you said, and everybody knows, born and raised, you know, uh, college, high school, and everything in St. Louis. He knows what he did. He knows what he means to the city. And I don't think he did it out of ill will. No, um, I, I don't think so. Anybody who thinks that he doesn't want to be associated with the Cardinals, you're you're wrong. And he even said that in yeah. his statement is that he's still going to move forward with the Cardinals. I think I was pretty surprised and I get it's just social media. People react to things sometimes in very reactionary, negative ways, mm -hmm. as we were talking about with the manager firing and all that. I just noticed that there was a lot of people who felt like, why would you do this? Why would you do this, David Freeze? Like, why would you do this to us? Like, we, we're the ones that voted you in. And I, it's not about them. Look it's at, about him look knowing. Look at the other person yeah. that, that was inducted this season. Yeah. Jose Oquendo. Mm -hmm. He's been around for 40 years. Yes. What took so long for Jose Oquendo to get to the Hall of Fame? It's not, it's not what took so quick. What, why was David Freeze so quick to be put in the ballot but Jose Kendo just making it after 40 years of playing and 20 years being coaching staff and almost a manager. That that's yeah. See, you look at one guy who was here for five years and retired like three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. Retired with the Pirates or the Dodgers actually. And you see a Jose Kendo who's been, you know, like living and dying the Cardinal way for over 40 years. What my problem is not David Freeze now turning around. But what took so long for Jose Kendo to get to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it's that. That is what I'm like. And everything he's done for the Cardinals organization things, as well. That I thought he was already in. Like you don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't think about it. That, there, right? that feels like that happens not just with the Cardinals, but with a lot of different teams and stuff. Well, you're like, wait, this person's not already a Hall of Famer. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, that, I don't have a problem with David Freeze. If I had a problem with this year's uh, uh, um, class, is what took so long mm. for Jose Kendo to be. 
uh, uh, included or or inducted. You yeah. Know, obviously included in the ballot and inducted. And I don't know if he was included before. My uh, forgive me if, if I'm you know saying something that that is not true, but I don't remember seeing him there. Yeah. It's it just like come on. And this was specifically, too, with David Freeze, the fan vote as well, too. Yeah. So I think that that factored into it. But something else that he added, and then we'll move on to the next segment. But I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. That sounds like that that was a big part of his decision as well. He went through a lot of personal issues during that time. It was and crazy. that was It was. And that was a big part of him also moving on from the Cardinals. And I think that's also why it was important for him to make this statement and make sure that people knew that he still cares about the Cardinals organization, Cardinal Nation. He said that's why he waited so long, because he was worried about how this would affect Cardinals Nation. And... I, during that time, though, and I think that's a big factor of it, he thinks about that. He's moved on from that past version of him. And I also understand leaving that part behind, too. And and again, maybe it's a little too soon. Yeah. You know, if it was like five years from now, yeah. once he doesn't think so much about baseball, once he moves on completely from baseball, once his kids are a little older and he's still, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, rough a uh, couple of nights. Um, <laughs> um, so it just, it just, um, uh, I like it. I, I respect yeah. you, David Freese, talking to you. I respect you. Thank you for doing that. And that tells people that just because you're popular doesn't mean that you're happy. Yes. And he's a popular guy. He's happy now. He was happy playing baseball. But if you read the books and seen the documentaries, you know that he had a really rough imagine. And I remember reading somewhere he will go and sleep at somebody's couch before coming to the games mm. like imagine that you're you're a superstar in front of thousands of people in national and international media but then at the end of the game you go home have a, a few drinks whatever and you don't have a place to stay yeah you know you have to couch surf like if you're in college yeah and then the next day you wake up you go to the stadium everybody like cheers for you and then game's over you go home. That's the part. And maybe one day we'll talk about this. That's the part that a lot of fans don't understand how what we are in front of the camera or with our headphones. And then when that is off, everything changes. It does. It changes for you, changes yeah. for me, changes for David Free. So for that, I respect them a lot more. And I thank him for, for saying that and doing that. And, and that's the right thing for him. He did it. And I know I'll, I'll see him and we will all see him soon at Bush. And we're going to clap for him. We're going to thank him. And we're going to keep on calling David Freeze, uh, Freeze's land all yes. the time, forever. And, and that's the great thing about Cardinal Nation, too, is that they're appreciative of even if somebody you might want them to be a part of the Cardinals Hall of Fame, respecting that decision and understanding the thought process behind that, because it wasn't easy for him to make that decision and still respecting him and honoring him. And you could tell that that's what's going to happen moving forward. Who cares about the little haters on social they media. They make it interesting, you know? I, I've decided, just a side sidetrack, I've decided if you Haters post, in the building. If you post negatively on social media, and look, not everything's happy-go-lucky, sunshine and lollipops, but there's some people on social media, if you look at some of their tweets, everything is negative. You're not in a good space. If we're talking might, about people be, being in a good space, bad it space. Might be, it, might be, it might be me and my burner account. Are you just on there talking negatively? Maybe. No, no, no it's bad. Okay, well, speaking of things yeah, that are go. negative and some hate, we got to talk about the A's reverse Hi, boycott. 
<laughs> we got to talk about the A's reverse boycott. I like it when people stick it to ownership groups. The billionaires, right? Like nobody feels sad for the billionaires, millionaires, anything like that. The reverse boycott fans, of course, upset by the team and their I guess you can't say it's official their move, but it's pretty much official, right? Ninety nine point nine. It's not. We're we're in the ninety nine point nine percent range of being official. Yeah. Yeah. So over twenty five, uh, twenty seven thousand fans filled into Oakland Coliseum for the A's game against the Tampa Bay Rays. They had on the cell shirts. They were going nuts. The video was great, just seeing all the fans going wild. And it also got some attention from Rob Manfred. I don't know if you saw his quotes. He was asked about the A's reverse boycott. And he said, um, almost an average major league baseball crowd. That, Another that, that slap was, in the was, face. That was a big slap. Just like when he said, oh, who cares about that piece of metal? Talking about the commissioner's trophy that's mm. that, that awarded to the champions. It's just there's a, There's a saying yeah. in Spanish. Calladito, te ves más Cal- bonito. Okay. Calladito. 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 Kind of. Calladito, <laughs> te ves más bonito. You look prettier. Prettier. <laughs> As you can see, we have problems here. You look a lot cuter when you're quiet. Oh, God. That's a terrible saying, Polo. It's a beautiful <laughs> saying. So I'm not saying that. Don't you know, give people ideas out there because now people are going to go run around saying this. Hey, sometimes you look prettier when you're quiet. When you don't have a, a something, I don't know. And I, I just, it, it was it was a slap on the way out, Yes, I think, right? It is, it is. So and and they, I'm pretty sure yeah. he didn't just say it to say it. There's, there's meanings behind those words. No. And, and I feel sad for Oakland. I was there in Oakland a couple of years ago. And I can tell you that stadium is, oh my God. The, uh, the, we had a, I had an issue with an usher. That he was like targeting me and my daughter, and I, I'm I can tell you the story next time or want some other time, but it was just not a good experience as a visiting team's fan. Wow! Like I've been there twice, and both times it was not fun to be wearing the the visiting team's uh, uh, jerseys and hats. Um, and I'm not saying I'm, it's not the fan base; it was the people working there for mm-hmm. this organization. Uh, I wish him luck. Uh, Terrible for the for the fans in, in, in Oakland. Uh, I hate to see that that the city uh, loses a team, another city loses another team, yeah. and and I mean, good luck in Vegas. Good luck in Vegas. It's all, and that's the thing. It's it's about money too. There's so many teams that are attracted to Vegas, and that's great for it's them. It's always about money. It's always about money. So with that 99.9 percent that is approved of basically Vegas getting the Oakland A's, which you can't call them the Oakland A's anymore. They recently got approved for a $380 million worth of public funding to build a new stadium on the Strip. That's how you know that money talks. Because, and the thing that I hate about Manfred's comments, too, is that basically he's insinuating the fans haven't been showing up. Which, when we're talking about that reverse boycott game, that was like triple the average attendance they've when, had. But when, they've only spent $60 million when, when you look at the payroll. When a team is bad, the fans yeah. are not going to show up. And, look and look at what happened. They, they knew what you know, happened. And, and this, yeah. is, this is a good example, right? Miami, they don't show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay, they are winning and they don't show up. That's that's a team that they need to think about because they are, they, they are are they've been the one of the best teams in the last few years, at least in the regular season. And the fans still don't show up. Yeah. Right? Look at what happened in San Diego. When they were losing, fans didn't show up. This season, they're, they're not winning the way they're supposed to. They, they thought they were going to. But 
sellout after sellout. Why? Because the product is on the field. Look at what happens here in St. Louis. Even with with a losing record, the product on the field, the players on the field, they are talented enough to turn this thing around in 40,000, 39,000, 40,000. So when you put a good product out there, people are going to come and see it. If you build it, you know, if, if you build <laughs> if you build a good roster, they will come. If you build it, they will come. Yeah. I and I think that's fair too. It's just seeing those comments it's just it's another slap in the face like you mentioned it's another slap in face to the fans you haven't the ownership has not been spending the correct money to even put a good product out on the field of course people are not going to show up for that of course they're not and also you don't think that people are fully aware that you've been looking at selling this team too like when when you hear the rumblings when you see it you know it it's, it's like the Ram- it's like what happened here with the St. Louis Rams people started to know when things were changing and what they were what was happening and of course less fans started showing up but mm-hmm. then they used that against them kind of like what Manfred did with oh, his look, comments yeah, I was right look I was right and it's like you know what you're doing yeah. you or, know or exactly like, or like when the Rams left uh, LA same thing yeah. oh they don't show up they usually I told you let's take him to St. Louis it's just a funny interesting situation uh Best of luck to the Oakland A's, uh, the the Vegas, the, the Las Vegas A's, Vegas Gamblers or whatever. I hope, I hope they change everything. I, I really you want, do. So you want them to really change do. the name? I really too? do. Yeah, change everything. Change the name. Change the colors. Change everything. Okay. I mean, like, like for real. Like, like what have you done in Oakland lately? It's like, what do, what do you change them to? Okay, I like I like the Gamblers. Uh, well, maybe continue the the A's, but not at less the Oakland Athletics. Okay. But the Vegas Aces, like the cards, oh. the gambits. I think there's <laughs> another Aces team. Is there? Yeah. Oh, it has basketball. There's Vegas. women's basketball. Yeah, WNBA. Yeah. yeah. WNBA. We there you go. That. All right, to wrap things up, yes. I wanted to show you something. And so we're going to get your live reaction okay. to this video. Um, we had probably the best minor league manager ejection that I've ever seen. And I know that there's the infamous Philip Wellman, the Chattanooga Braves coach, where he literally crawled towards the pitcher's mound. And that's a great image. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be tough for me to get shocked because as a okay. professional bad boy since I was six and my dad will get ejected quite often to the point that he will throw and kick and scream and, and just. I've seen it all. I've seen big fights. But have live. you seen this? So no, I haven't. A minor league ejection. So Brian Pena. Brian he, Pena. Brian Pena, former former Cardinal. He gave the ump an earful. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit, where he goes, gets his money's worth with the ump. Okay. And the way that this field is supposedly set up, you have to go kind of far away, but he decided not to even go all the way. He just went to the stands. Is this before he, uh, this is, this is after he got ejected, just went to the stands with the fans. Wow. And he just, look at him. He looks so sad. (laughs) He looks so sad. I want to know, but here's the thing. He didn't have to go in the stands. He just chose to go into the stands. Maybe he wanted to go get a hot dog or something. You get a beer? Dude. I mean, that's one way to cool off, right? Wow. I've never seen that. Imagine that. There, there's a story out there about, do you remember John Croc? Yes. That uh, I think the, the year he was going to retire or the last game he played, he actually, but not like this guy that he jumped and walked. Remember when Gio Gallegos jumped the fence? Yes. <laughs> well, this guy jumped the fence to go into the clubhouse, to, to the uh 
to the fans. So uh, I heard a story from John Crock that he actually went to buy a couple hot dogs dressed in his full-on uh, uh, Phillies uniform right before he retired. So he was buying hot dogs at the concession stand. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Wow. So do you, think, do you think that that is probably one of the best ways to handle hey, an ejection? Ali. Come on, Ali. Let's go. Is this a good idea? <laughs> Just to go out into uh, the stands. And the, and the fact that nobody told him anything. Like the fans didn't even clap or or tap him in the back or give I don't, what, what I would have given what him is a, the reaction I'd that give, you do. I give him that. a high five. Okay. I okay. give him a high five and that's for a selfie. By the way, both managers were ejected in this game, so I have a feeling that something might have been going on with the umps in general. Dude, who was the umpire? Phil Cousy? <laughs> Angel Hernandez? <laughs> <laughs> but there's that. So it, everybody should also look up Philip Wellman. That might be the best. This is pretty good, but that one's probably the best. Philip yeah, the, Wellman. the one where he even did it with the rolling back. She went like this and pretended to be a. And then he, yeah, a, and a, then he a, also a like grenade. put a bunch of dirt. Yeah. Wow. On home plate. Thank you. I, I like this. Do you enjoy yeah, it? Yeah, I, I enjoy that segment. So next okay, time we're, uh, we're giving people ideas yeah, let's, here. Let's look for another video next time because uh, that's interesting. I think it's one wow. of my favorites. Wow. I, I would do that if that's I was a, that's a That's a manager. fantastic way to, to wrap it up. Yes. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and watching Gracias. Balk About It. We're going to have another episode for coming up for you soon because somebody's going to London, and it's not me, sadly. So we got to figure out how the London trip is going to go for you. You tell me who it is. You got to work on that British accent before you go. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb it's, with that I, don't accent. Don't you think that I'm going to stick out <laughs> like a sore thumb already? No, if you have the accent, you'll blend in totally. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, figure, I'll figure it out. I'll watch uh, lots of the Ted Lasso and the crown in it. Bruv. I got bruv in it. <laughs> All right. Well, why until, are you laughing, Joey? Until next time. You, see, Joey is laughing. Bye, he likes it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Bach About It podcast with Brooke Rimsley and Paulo Asensio. Catch every episode on our YouTube channel at 101ESPN.com and the 101 mobile app.